Hey gang, Tom Mullen here. Do you have a child who spends more time than you'd like in front of screens consuming low quality content? Well, you can turn that screen time into something fun and worthwhile. I'm talking about mini coders, an educational game based platform including companion apps made for kids with video tutorials, virtual assistant, and games where kids learn coding skills while they play in the Roblox metaverse, all under the safety and guidance of a virtual assistant and in-game tutors. MiniCoders is perfect for homeschooled, unschooled, or traditionally schooled children alike and helps them build 21st century skills and have a ball doing so. Right now, you can try out MiniCoders with no obligation by registering for a free trial at TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash MiniCoders. That's M-I-N-I-C-O-D-E-R-S. Again, just visit TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash MiniCoders and start your free trial today. Every revolution starts in the minds of the people. Arm yourself for the war of ideas. Take back your life. Take back your liberty. Tom Mullen Talks Freedom. Today I'm speaking with Robbie De Niro. Robbie is a veteran of the United States Marine Corps and a small business owner. He owns a gym and offers fitness and lifestyle coaching. Robbie was just the type of person who had a bullseye on his back during the COVID-19 lockdowns last year. But Robbie De Niro isn't the type of person to take these things lying down. So he organized dozens of business owners to resist the arbitrary measures. He fought the state and won, and now he's fighting insanity in the school system. Robbie, welcome to Tom Mullen Talks Freedom. Tom, thank you so much for having me. I am very excited to be here, and I appreciate everything you do, brother. So I know that you've got some things going on, and you paid a little visit to your local school board uh, within the last couple of nights. But before we get to that, for people who don't know your whole story, Tell us a little bit about how you organized business owners and fought the lockdowns last year. You got it. Way back when this all started, I think in, in March of 2020, when they started locking this stuff down, they were giving me a hard time. And I was fighting individually. I was, I was fighting the, the town, the local town, Orchard Park, individually. Fast forward to around November of 2020. And the government had been waffling back and forth for several months. You can open, you can't open, you kind of can open, you kind of can. And we were just tired of the, uh, of the BS. So my girlfriend, Kelly, and I, who's also a, a small business owner, um, we're actually in business together. She, she and I were talking. We said, we have to do something. Like this is, as a business owner, we have to have a meeting with small business owners and other people that support local businesses. So it wasn't just exclusively for business owners. We have to meet at our gym and we have to come up with a plan. We need to come up with a plan to get people to get fired up, to get them to rally behind a cause and stand up and show the government that the government only has the powers we allow them to have. And the moment we take their powers, they're done. The government is powerless and people forget that. And that was really, there was a message that I wanted to bring um, at the meeting that we were having. So we put it out specifically on social media in order to fly in the face of government officials and make sure they knew that we were meeting. Um, we were really very vocal about it and we had a huge showing. We, we had, I don't know, 50 to, to 70 people, maybe 50 to 60 people here. The meeting was going very well and 
we were, um, I was talking to them about my plan. Hey, this is the plan that I want to execute. This is the protest that we're going to do. This is the point of the protest, et cetera. And when that happened, some sheriffs walked in with an Erie County Health Department official and they tried shutting down the meeting. And this is where the beauty of just fighting for freedom and standing in your truth and, and, and being the type of individual that is not afraid to back down, that is, and they're not being the type of individual that's not afraid to back down because you're, you're fighting for something that is one of your core values, something that you know is something you can't live without. It's one of your core values. So I, I wasn't sure what to do when the, when the sheriffs came in. Luckily, we had 50 other like-minded people that shared the same values. There's this list of names that I would love to mention. There's just so many people that were there, so many amazing people that I, I can't simply name all the, the list, but Nick Orticelli was one of them. Now, Nick Orticelli and his wife, Nancy Orticelli, um, they're vilified by some. Um, they are true patriots. And Nick walked up to me and he said, the sheriffs are here. What do you want me to do? I said, get rid of them. And I continued, and I continued to do Sorry, I just pulled my, I pulled my earbud out. I apologize. No problem. And I continued to talk about the plans. And the next thing I know, there's Nick starting to chant, get out. Nick telling them they just need to leave. And, and the rest is history. Everyone, we just we came together, walked forward, and told the sheriffs that they are not welcome. The, the Erie County Health Department is not welcome. And they left because they knew they weren't welcome. And they knew, most importantly, that they did not have a single shred of legal cause to be there. I am not a rabble rouser. I'm not a guy that goes against uh, that goes against um, authority just to go against authority. I respect the police. I respect police that follow the laws. I don't care who you are. If a policeman walks in here and they are not supposed to be here, they're getting tossed on their ass, period. That's just the way it works. And that's what we did. And that group of 50 or so people that stood literally shoulder to shoulder and and enforced the health department and the overreaching government officials and their armed guards who happened to be wearing sheriff's badges. We forced them out and that amazing group of people just started this huge movement that has motivated other people to do the same. I was then fined 15, do you want me to keep going or are we good? Well, I, you know, I just was gonna comment, it was an interesting situation because I did see the video as did right. I think millions of people by now. Right. And I mean, the issue here is they come walking into private property, right. which the law is allowed to do with uh, either prob probable cause of a crime, you know, that right. you broke a law or a warrant, mm -hmm. neither of which they had. I mean, there were, I think in the video asks, what, what law do you have probable cause we broke? Well, there wasn't one. I, the governor said some right. things doesn't apply to some businesses. It applies to others. And uh, they all right. looked at each other and said, hmm. Yeah, sounds like they're right, and 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 away they went. Right, that's right. The Mark Poland cars and Cuomo was was using their sheriffs, awesome men and women that are just trying to serve their country. They're being manipulated and being used as armed guards to intimidate business owners. They sent them in with that health department official, not for her safety, to intimidate us. Sure, they walked in with guns and with badges. If I was doing something wrong, they would have arrested me. They walked in. What, where else do they send health inspectors with armed guards? That was purely for intimidation, but they can't intimidate us. I mean, come on. I'm a United States Marine. I've fought. 
a hell of a lot tougher individuals <laughs> than whatever Mark Polenkars can send my way. So, I mean, it's hilarious that they tried to intimidate us. But there's a there's another video that it was never released. I and I I won't release it. But they they came back. Uh, sheriffs came back another day. That that same rather rotund sheriff that was uh, doing most of the talking with the English accent. He came back with another even heftier health official um, and wanted to send, wanted to hand deliver the fine. I tossed him off the property and I felt, I felt a little bit bad about the video. Uh, so I never posted it because I was just, I was very, I was aggressively confrontational with these guys. I'd had it and I'm just like, get the off my property. And I was really, and they did and they left. Uh, but I didn't think that it would, I felt bad. I was re I really tossed them off my property. I felt bad. So they, they came back a second day. They came back a second day. You know, I'll, I'll tell you, um, I want to get to the court case and what the, the gist of that was. Sure. But when all this happened, um, myself, I lived in, I was born and raised in Buffalo and I lived here for the first 39 years of my life. And I, I moved to Florida for 10 years and uh, moved back for family reasons in 2014 <laughs> Knowing full well that um, politically, um, you know, the area wasn't as much to my taste maybe as Florida sure. was, but there's there is a lot of things I still love about Buffalo. I got to tell you, I was surprised there was any resistance in our area, but most of Western New York, outside the city limits, is a lot different than New York City. I don't think a lot of people outside uh, our state realize that they just probably think that we're all wearing Andrew Cuomo t-shirts or, uh, or his replacements, right? Right. I mean, Erie County, if I remember the numbers correctly, Erie County uh, voted for, for Donald Trump. It's a, it's a fairly, fairly conservative town. Um, I don't really get too far into politics, um, but I've had to get more into politics, which I'm sure we'll talk about later because of the, because of the um, absolutely disastrous policies of the Orchard Park school board and, and the disaster that they're doing for our kids. So I've gotten more into politics and figuring out our game plan and how we're going to replace everybody and take this down over. But it's definitely more, it's becoming more conservative as the government continues to overreach and just play these nonsensical games with people's lives. And, and before we get to the school board, um, you had a court case that I believe you won, or at least you won the oh, last yeah. round I saw. Um, what was the tall and short of that? How did, what were the grounds okay. you, you beat them on? So the, the health inspector says we find $15,000. And I said, great. You know, she, she left me with this fine. They mailed me another fine and they hand delivered another one. So they're finding me $15,000. Um, I contacted Paul Cambria. I was very fortunate that, um, um, Mike Lomas and Glenn Wiggle were some that were, were here. They were here that night. And they were very kind and started a GoFundMe account for me in case I, I said, I'm not paying the fines. I said, listen, it's not happening. I'm not paying the fines. I told the health inspector I'm not paying the fines. Um, but they wanted to help me out just in case. So they started a GoFundMe account. That night, Friday night when I got home, just a few days prior to our meeting, I don't know if you remember, there was a church down in New York City that had won a court case about being able to stay open and or not pay a fine. They, they had some legal proceeding and they, they won their legal proceeding um, based on constitutional rights. So I contacted by email their attorney late that night. And to his credit, he returned my, he replied, but he couldn't help me. So he suggested I find somebody like Paul Cambria in the local area. And Mike Lomas, I believe, had maybe a contact with Paul Cambria. I called Paul Cambria. He talked to me. 
he said, let's meet tomorrow. And uh, I think you've got a case and let's, let's meet and talk about it. So I went to his office, I explained to him what happened. And he said, yeah, I want to take your case. I, I believe in your case. So that was being fought on state constitutionality. Um, I'm definitely, I'm not a legal scholar and I'm certainly not super well-versed in how the state runs. So I may be using some incorrect terms. Here's what I've learned. Emergency powers, according to our state constitution, are granted for 30 days at a time. In order to get more than 30 days, the legislature must come in for a special session and vote on it and have to extend it again. They can't, what, the, what our legislature did in violation of our state constitution, they granted Cuomo a year of, of emergency powers. So what they did was they, our legislatures legislated their ability or responsibility to legislate away. So they basically gave themselves a year vacation, a year paid vacation from legislating, which is ridiculous. And that was the premise that Paul Cambria used to crack the protection that, that Cuomo had. We won, I was allowed to open back up fully. In addition to that, in addition to that constitutionality issue, then there is the fact that the state was just out to lunch in there. That everyone loves to claim, and I can't. I mean, I hope we get to talk a little bit about the data. Um, they love to claim follow the science. Well, it just so happened that the geniuses at the state—they're they're so inept. The geniuses at the state, three days before our court case, they release the data that shows why they're keeping everybody closed down. These freaking brain trusts actually showed statistics that super centers like Walmart and Target were, point, were, were 0.6% of the spread, 0.6. That's why they're saying they can stay open because they're only 0.6% of the spread. They went on to say gyms, like my place, are 0.06% of the spread. We're like, oh my God, this is beautiful. Thank you. So we submitted <laughs> their own numbers against them as evidence. If Walmart, if everybody can be in Walmart finger banging the same food together and nobody cares, and you can buy your ciggies and your alcohol and all that crap, you know, gas stations didn't shut down, keep the people drugged, keep the people, you know, sleepy and happy, right? Why couldn't gyms that are by their own admission only 0.06% open? So the judge agreed with us. Unfortunately, while I appreciate the judge's decision, I was really disappointed that he, there's a term called ruling narrowly, so they can rule narrowly or rule broadly. And he ruled narrowly and that it was only going to apply to my individual gym. But on the plus side, that became case law for anybody else that wanted to sue. They just, okay, well, here, here it is. Here's the case law. Here's why I should be able to open it up. So, but it was a huge crack in, in Cuomo's armor. And um, then they were coming after me for the fine. I said, I'm not, I'm not paying the fine. And I still haven't paid the fine. That's, I have no idea what happened to that fine, but I've never, I've never paid it. It's gone. Local amazing politicians like Stefan Mihailu, who's the uh, controller, said, hey, anybody that gets fined, you have 100 years to pay it, so don't worry about it, um, which, is, which is great. That just, again, showed that, um, that we were winning in the court of public opinion. That this wasn't me just being rogue and trying to be a tough guy and just flout authority. I was, our mission was broad, and it was about freedom. It was about allowing people to live their lives as, as God intended us to live our lives and enjoying those inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's that time of the year again when we're all looking for something special to give friends and loved ones for the holidays. 
Unfortunately, the government and its bank have worked especially hard this year at doing what they do best, make things more expensive for the rest of us. Well, I have great news. You can get a free copy of my new ebook, An Anti-State Christmas. That's my gift to you in appreciation for listening. But that's not all. I've also made the book available as a paperback at an incredibly low price, so you can get a few copies to give as gifts. It makes a great stocking stuffer. And don't worry, this is not some preachy libertarian treatise. It's full of fun and even includes a special Christmas beverage recipe. Get more information and your free ebook at antistatechristmas.com. We help each other when we don't mean to. That's what we call the invisible hand. Something no politician understands. Just leave it up to supply and demand and follow the golden So there are a couple other court cases after that that we continue to win. They kept finding me because even though I was open, I was supposed to maintain some kind of social, I don't know what it was. All I know is I got to open with all, without any restrictions. So I was taking selfies to needle <laughs> the governor and to needle Mo Clyde So I would tag them in pictures. I would tag them in uh, like Gail Burstein, that nut job. I'd, I'd tag her in photos of me and my athletes, like putting my arm around each other because we weren't working out. We were just standing next to each other. So I really wasn't, you know, I was playing, I was playing their system. I was playing the system. And every time I would post a selfie, they would find me $1,000. So I had thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars in fines stacked up against me. And that was being applied under a emergency mandate that I felt was not just and not, that, that it wasn't, it, they couldn't enforce it. There's no enforcement component to it. So that's why I felt very comfortable continue to do it. And I felt like they, somebody needed to challenge that. So we did. And uh, now Todd Aldinger became my attorney. He was Paul Cambria's um, assistant, his protege. His, Paul's retiring. In fact, he may already be retired. He's, he's retired. So he's not taking more cases. So Todd has now become my attorney at this point. So Todd's representing me in this case against the state with all these fines that are coming up against me. And we're ready to go to court. And the state contacts Todd and says, hey, we want to drop the case. And they want me to sign a piece of paper saying that I no longer wish to, they, they want me to sign a piece of paper that did not really delineate why the case was being dropped. And I refused to sign it. I, <laughs> I drove Todd nuts. He had, he had to redo this. He had to do, redo this piece of paper five or six times. He'll, he'll, he'll be the first one to admit how much I was driving him nuts. I said, there's no way in hell I'm signing any piece of paper unless the state explicitly says we are choosing to drop the case against Robbie De Niro. We no longer wish to prosecute him under such and such. And they did. And that's how badly they wanted to drop this case. The reason they wanted to drop this case is they were going to lose. And this was going to become huge news that I beat them in court, that they couldn't find me a dime. Think about how empowered people would feel if I won that case. So that means that their enforcement component would have been blown out of the water. It would have been blown out of the water. So they dropped the case sure, because they didn't want to use it. They didn't want it to be public, that they couldn't enforce any of this stuff. Now, I went on Facebook and, of course, talked it up and made sure everybody knows that there's no way for these guys to enforce it. Unfortunately, people are so timid. They're so obedient and so conditioned to just obey, obey, obey. 
that they they don't care. You bring up several interesting points. Number one, the selfies. Okay, so they're going to fine you. And okay, so they're not, I assume their reasoning is we're not fining you for taking the selfie. We're fining you for breaking some regulation. Well, I'm not a lawyer either, but the selfie is just evidence that you may have violated some regulation. And how can they find you without some kind of proceeding, due process for that? So that's number one, legislating away its legislative power. That happens to be something I've been writing quite a bit about. And I mean, to me, this goes back to the New Deal. Uh, and I mean, the old one, the one from 19, the 30s. And basically, that's all it is. They set up an agency and these executive bureaucrats get to make rules. Sometimes they're reviewed by some congressional committee. But nobody has to pass them. Nobody has to vote on them. And uh, that, to me, is is a, a root of the problem. It's not just at the federal level. Here the state is now doing the same thing. We're just going to give the governor you know, the opportunity to do whatever he wants. Uh, today, I feel like closing gas stations. So no gas today. Uh, just insanity. Um, so I'm so glad you, you fought that fight. I'm so glad you got that on the record, because that's something I think people should know about. And I guess the last point you made just uh, real quickly, you know, you say people are so timid. You know, I guess that's what I want people to hear. Somebody like you was not violent. None of your fellow business owners were violent. You just have to say no. And when you just say no, and they say, well, you have to do this. Well, what happens if I don't? You get blank stares. Uh, you know, there really isn't an answer in a lot of cases. And, and it's so important for people to just feel empowered to say, no, I don't agree with this. I'm not going to do what you're asking me to do and then see what happens. And people will rally to their side. When one person says no, people will rally to them. Like we have this huge contingent of patriots that will show up within minutes. They'll show up within minutes to rally around somebody that is fighting unjust government overreach. Yeah, it was great. It was a great episode to, to watch. Um, you mentioned the data. How? I mean, I, I did a lot of research on my own. I believe that a lot of things are in question, like asymptomatic spread, Obviously, the efficacy of these lockdowns in general, uh, the efficacy of social distancing, all kinds of things. What kinds of data were you able to get on the record to your case about, um, you know, what the government is telling us about COVID in general? They, we used their own data against them. The fact that gyms were not a source of the spread, and that was really that was really the end of it. There, that the data that I'm speaking about is what, was what I'm dealing with the school board with, why I'm, I'm fighting the school board so hard. I mean, it's just this, this shameful, horrible practice of keeping kids in masks all day long. Just how, how detrimental and, and horrendous to kids' social and mental health is it to have them in masks. So that, that's what I was talking about, some data um, to present. I don't know, is that what you want me to, can I, can I talk about that now? Well, yeah, you know, that's a good, a good segue because I do want to talk about the schools. So, you know, we have this dispute about masks going on all over the country. That's another thing that is, I think, completely discredited at this point, that these masks make a difference when you just mandate them for everybody, healthy people, especially children. So what happened at the school board the other night? I hear it was a surprise visit. From A surprise visit from me? Yeah. 
Right. I so listen. I, like I said, I've been an infantry officer in the Marine Corps for 14 years. I have been. I grew up in an age when the Marine Corps has been fighting a counterinsurgency. That's what this is. Make no mistake about this. We are fighting a counterinsurgency right here in our country, and I am simply using the same tactics that were very successful overseas. Um, I'm using the same the same tactics here as far as organization, when to strike, how to strike, and how to rally people. And we have some really big, exciting things coming up in, in the next couple of weeks that are going to rock the government. Um, they're not going to know how to deal with it. So I started going to board meetings because I realized that's where it all that's where it all changed. All change is going to start with the board meeting. So I started attending the board meeting, and um, they they've been going virtual because of my attendance. They tried. I'm sorry, my dog is barking right now. I don't know if you can hear him or not. Yeah, that's she all can. right. I'm gonna. I got one too. Okay. All right. Yeah, I've got Adobe that does a nice job taking care of me and keeping people away. Um, so the school board wanted me to wear a mask. I refused. This was two two meetings ago. We refused, and they went virtual. They decided to go into executive session and not talk to any of us. So the previous school board meeting, I was saying, "Hey, we're showing up. There's going to be a couple hundred people." I was deliberately posting on Facebook, uh, making sure that they knew a whole ton of us were showing up. And this is again, this is the this is such an important piece. Dave Lillick, the school board, the, the superintendent of Orchard Park, who's a complete coward and refused to fight for kids. Dave Lillick claimed, he, he posted socially in a letter, um, I'm not sure where he sent it out to the teachers, that there was a threat. And because there was a threat, the police advised him to go virtual. And that is false. There was no threat. What he's talking about is me threatening to show up unmasked. It's a big difference than a threat, than a credible threat. And he used the term credible threat. And the police, how do I know this? Because I know several people on the Orchard Park police and I spoke to them. The police, he claims the police advised them for their safety to go virtual. That's 100% false. He wanted the police to arrest me. And the police said, we can't arrest them. There's no basis for arrest. There's no basis to arrest 100 people. So if you don't want a situation where 100 people, 200 people show up without masks and you say arrest them and we say we can't arrest them, you better go virtual. That's why Dave Lillick, that freaking coward, went virtual last time because he didn't want people to see the fact that he was powerless to stop us from going without masks because the police aren't going to arrest us for not wearing a mask. It's a mandate. It's not a law. So they can't arrest us. Now, this last school board meeting, I decided I purposely didn't say anything about showing up. I just laid low for a month, didn't say a word about school board meetings. But I've got a, you know, we've got a great group of patriots that are talking. We, we were all showing up there. I was, I was the first one in. <laughs> Dave Lillick didn't realize he didn't lock the door. He didn't pull the door shut all the way behind him. <laughs> so, I, so I popped the door open, walked in without a mask and said, hey, Dave, where's the meeting? He showed me where the meeting was. He didn't say a word to me about putting a mask on. I was the first one that I sat down in the cafeteria, waited for the meeting to start. He sent somebody in to tell me to put a mask on. I said, no, I'm not putting a mask on. They asked again for me to put the mask on. I refused. Now, the, now by this time, everybody's in. Teachers are in. Lots of people are in. Teachers, teachers that are very vocal against me and fighting the mask are walking around with it below their nose because they're virtue signaling. They're virtue signaling instead of actually believing what they're saying. Um, and not all the teachers, trust me, not all the teachers. I'm talking about the teachers that are vocal against me. They're the ones that are virtue signaling with their masks down. So now the place is full, the school board walks in, 
one of the school board members, I don't remember his name, walks up to me, asks if he can sit with me outside. Now there are also police around, um, there's police dogs there. They've got all sorts of people there walking by, walking in and out of the room in the cafeteria. And they asked if they can speak to me out in the hall. And I said, nope, whatever you have to say, you can say right here in front of everybody. He asked again to speak to me out in the hall. I said, absolutely not. I'm not leaving this room. You can speak to me right here. And he said, you have to put your mask on. It's not happening. And he said, if you don't put the mask on, we're going to call the police and you're going to be arrested for trespassing. I said, great, call the police, do what you need to do. I'm committed to this cause. So he left. One of the Orchard Park policemen walked up to me and asked me to put my mask on. I respectfully said, I'm sorry, I, I cannot put my mask on. He came back a second time. Please put your mask on for us. Please put your mask on. I said, I'm sorry, I can't do that. I'm not putting a mask on. They left. I never got arrested. They never came back in there. Dave Lillick comes in with the school board and says, we can't start the meeting unless everyone's in 100% compliance. We must be in 100% compliance in order to put your mask on. I just sat there. I refused to put my mask on. So they went into executive session. The place got pretty feisty. Um, you know, people weren't happy with them going into executive session. They came back out five, 10 minutes later. Once again, um, said, hey, put your mask on or we can't have this meeting. And I think the most damning part of this is Dave Lillick, that coward, said, this is not school board business. We want to conduct school board business and we can't unless you're in 100% compliance. And where is he getting ability to comply? Nowhere, right? He just thought it up. There, nowhere. He doesn't have to. Buy. And, and they accepted money. This is about money. I mean, Orchard Park, every school district accepted um, funds from the federal government, trickled down through the state. And in order to use those funds, Orchard Park got $6.7 million, $1,397 per student. They have to follow regulations. So it's written. There's eight. We have the HHS documents and the and the CDC documents that show they must comply with all mandates through 2023 in order to use these funds. They don't want to give up the 6.7 million dollars. That's what this is about. This yeah. is about money. He claims he's going to lose a thousand. He's going to be he'll lose a thousand dollars per kid if they don't have masks. This is just he's abdicating his responsibility to be a leader. It's so sad. That's what he's claiming. He's claiming that. We have to be in 100% compliance to have this meeting, and I refuse, so they left again because they don't want they don't want parents to be heard. They don't want the parents to go on record and be heard. They don't want to have to answer tough questions. These are smart parents. Like these parents are educating themselves, and they're doing a ton of research, and they have no answers for the research. They they can't refute anything that the that the parents are saying. The school board just says, "Well, we're following this, this data," so we present data from the CDC. We present data from HHS, we present data from the FDA, and they have nothing to answer because, well, they're not educating themselves about it. They are simply walking lockstep with Hochul because they want money. They're more concerned with money, with power and control than helping their kids and making sure their kids are safe. So did you ever get up to bat with, you went to the meeting to um, object to the mask mandates for the children, is right. that right? Did you ever get to talk about it or they just stood? Well, that was three three months ago I did, they, I did, uh, but they since then, since the last two board meetings no they refuse to let people be heard they refuse to let people be heard they just they run off the stage like cowards and so no meeting are they required to have these meetings is there anything in writing that says they have um, to? no or? no they, there's not a, there's I, I don't know of any writing that says they have to have me and they certainly don't have to have them publicly they're allowing the public to. they love to pull that card we're allowing you to attend this meeting there's really some nebulous wording around that stuff with open meeting laws etc they love to, one of the things I love uh, that the school board, they're just such cowards. 
they love to say that you're not allowed to address anyone personally. You're not allowed to address anyone personally on the board and you have to be polite. You can't like, you can't attack somebody. And that's just so completely false. That is protected speech, 1964 case, New York Times for Sullivan it is protected speech. And in that decision, it specifically says that when discussing these matters, it should be done openly, uninhibited, and very often it's going to be spirited, caustic, and very aggressive when talking specifically and addressing the government and public officials. That is protected speech. So I can tell them whatever I think about them, I can come after them as aggressively as I want verbally, as long as I'm not threatening them. And that's protected speech. So you really know where the school board is coming from when they set the rules on what you can say. You have to be nice. You can't address any of us personally. What cowards? Like who hides behind? What adult hides behind those kind of rules? Right. Yeah. I mean, the kind of person who can't answer your questions is... Uh, right. The- they run. They run. They run. You know, you mentioned before we, we got on, I, I don't think that you've had a, a background in politics before last year. Is that right? That's correct. So you've never really been politically active. And I guess the reason I think that's important for my listeners to hear is that I hear all the time, boy, you make a lot of sense, but what can I do about it? What can mm-hmm. I do about it? You mm-hmm. know, uh, here's a guy, everybody, that just stood up and said, no, I'm not going along with this. Uh, I'm not a political activist. Uh, I, I'm not a, a politician. I I just don't think this is right. And you would not believe how the word no uh, can be effective. And, you know, it, this this kind of tyranny from the government starts to bleed into the public where, you know, some of you just your neighbors will start using the words you need to do this, you need to do that. My favorite reply is, well, what if I don't? You know, the frog in the pot of water, that's what they're doing. You put a frog in a pot of cool water, he doesn't hop out. You turn the heat up slowly, he gets used to it until he cooks himself to death. He'll never, he'll never jump out of the water to save himself because of the slow death. And that's what's happening with the government right now. They need obedience and they're working hard to make us obedient. Gandhi wasn't obedient. Rosa Parks wasn't obedient, right? Imagine if Rosa Parks was obedient. We don't need obedience. Schools shouldn't teach obedience. The government shouldn't teach obedience. Marines aren't obedient. You know, we've done such amazing things and won all the battles we've won because we're, we're willing to not be obedient. We were willing to go above and beyond and do crazy things. We need our kids to be taught to be critical thinkers because these obedient parents, they've been beat down. You've got like two generations that have been beat down by this incredibly liberal school system. They've been taught to be obedient. I think they're starting to wake up. I think there's a lot of people that are starting to wake up and realize that obedience is, obedience is just going to, obedience is, obedience lacks power. You have to be a critical thinker and have to be willing to stand. And when you stand up and you say no, as long as you're doing that based on your core values, you can't lose because your core values is what, your core values is your spine. That's what, that's what gets you standing tall and being willing to be the rock against which everyone else breaks. So you could just, if you identify your core values, fight for what's important to you, how can you be wrong when you're fighting for what you know in your heart is right? Great, Robbie. you got such a great story and we want to keep following it. <clears throat> is there um, a, a website where people can go to find out, number one, about what you're doing on on these issues and then number two more about your your business and uh what you offer there is um my my website is theunleash.us the theunleash.us and i have a amazing gym called athletes unleashed where we um, teach people to be strong um, incredibly fit and mentally strong and courageous individuals i have a 
incredible online coaching program. My girlfriend and I, we do this together. It's called Revolution. And we really the, the, the crux of what we do is teach people to achieve their most outrageous, outlandish goals and build the kind of life where they know exactly what they stand for and aren't afraid to fight for it. Um, and we have a, a website called freedombeforefear.com. And that's where they can learn a little bit about this fight against uh, government overreach and how they can donate to it. Great. Well, we'll put both of those on the show notes page. And uh, I hope that uh, we can bring you back on again and, and see what progress you've made with the school board sometime soon. I would love that. And Tom, what you're doing is such a service to people. The fact that you're giving a voice to just free thought. Um, I really appreciate the chance to come on and, and share a story like this. And thank you so much for guiding Liberty by, by talking about it. All right. Thank you for being on. Okay, friends, that's going to do it for today. Don't forget to get a free copy of my new ebook, An Anti-State Christmas, at antistatechristmas.com. And if you like the music you've heard on Tom Mullen Talks Freedom, you can hear more at tommullensings.com. Thanks for listening. The war of ideas has only just begun. Arm yourself with the knowledge you need by heading to tommullentalksfreedom.com and subscribing to our email list. And remember, every revolution starts in the minds of the people.